Have you ever been given an incredible gift and you're just not sure how to say thank you in a way that truly conveys what's on your heart? Maybe uh, you have the gut sense that the words alone, thank you, aren't going to, aren't going to do the trick, aren't going to do it justice. Even if you know the giver isn't expecting a particular response. I had a friend who shared with me this week as we were talking about this idea that sometimes they will give a gift knowing the person won't respond or, or won't respond in, in some, in, uh, some crazy uh, glamorous way. Maybe they'll do it anonymously just to, he said, just to check myself that I'm not giving just so I can bolster myself or so I can receive the praise of thanks and all that that comes afterwards. Maybe you've even felt the twinge of guilt or embarrassment at receiving a gift. I have known a few people who uh, almost turned down gifts because of that. A few years ago, I had kind of the dilemma of how to respond to an incredible gift that I was given. I know it's a first world problem, so deal with it, right, Brian? But, you know, it, it wasn't so much how do I enjoy this gift the most that I can, but it kind of brought on this question of responsibility. Like, how do I use this gift to do the most good for the most amount of people? And I honestly had a lot of fun answering that question, getting people involved in a project and all that so we could use that gift to, um, to try and make a difference in the community and uh, in a local school. And, I, you know, picture, I'm picturing the best in people as we are in this season of Thanksgiving, at least in the United States, uh, we're doing this message as we are going into Thanksgiving weekend or, or the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm picturing the good that people are desiring to do good with the things that they have. And yes, that is often a, a monetary thing, but blessings and gifts and things to give thanks for aren't always measured in dollars and cents. So how do we do this well? Or how do we do it effectively? How do we give thanks in a way that makes a difference? Ultimately, why should I give up my gift, my time, my talent, my treasure for somebody else? Well, we see the case of answering those questions or a group of people who are answering those very questions in today's story in the same way that we might have to answer it now thousands of years later. This actually comes out of uh, Exodus 35. I'm going to start off, there's two sections to this, but I'm going to start off with Exodus 35 verses 4 to 9. Check it out. Moses said to all the congregation of the Israelites, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Let whoever is of a generous heart bring the Lord's offering, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine linen, goat's hairs, tanned ram skins, and fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrance incense, and onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece. So the people are being called to build a tabernacle. It's, it's a portable structure with very specific instructions in how the build was going to go. Almost like you had the blueprint right there in the Bible. See, so the people, the Israelites, are on the move all the time uh, in this time, in this journey. Hence why they are not building a permanent structure. This, and this would be the place where God would dwell among his people. This is where God would meet with Moses as the leader and you might think of it as a portable version of what would eventually become the temple. But I give a short description on that to get to the real question that most people will probably be asking as you're seeing this right now. 
What does this have to do with me? Why should I care about building materials for a religious house built thousands of years ago? Kind of a unique passage to start off with, especially in the idea when we're talking about the idea of giving thanks. Even as a self-proclaimed geek, I had to ask myself this very question. And I'm going to set up the answer to say that, remember, God chose to dwell with his people. It's an idea that is unique to Christianity over against just about any other religious system that I'm aware of. That God would dwell among God's creation. So many other systems, for lack of a better word, to try and capture them all, talk about human beings trying to get to God. This Christianity talks about God coming down to people. And as God is sharing his plans with, uh, with Ezekiel, who's a prophet who would come later on in, the t- in time, uh, we can see from Ezekiel 37 what God says. My dwelling place will, shall be with them, with his people, and I will be their God. They will be my people. Then the nations shall know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is among them forever. Now we see this idea of God dwelling among his people even more accurately and more with skin on in the coming of Jesus, which we'll get to celebrate soon in these next couple of weeks as we are getting ready for Christmas with the Advent season. But this is a God who also blessed his people in God-only ways. In the book of Exodus, which is where this story is taking place, that alone contains many epic-scale blessings that these people have received, have actually experienced in their lifetime. They've been delivered from slavery in Egypt in Exodus 14. They're in the desert and they're given food regularly in Exodus 16. And if food wasn't enough, in the next chapter, Exodus 17, God is miraculously delivering them water as well. He's promised his presence as we're seeing here in Exodus Exodus 33. We're looking at 35, but same idea. All of this is happening in a culture that values story a great deal. So while they are within 40 years of all of this sort of stuff happening between the delivery from Egypt and on through the the desert and the wilderness and to where they are now, I'm guessing they are constantly hearing this story, reviewing this story orally. And while there is a place where God has earned the right to ask for what he wants, watch how the people respond. In the next chapter in Exodus 36, this is verses 2 through 5. Check it out. Moses then called Bezalel and Oholiab and every skillful one to whom the Lord has given skill, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the freewill offerings that the Israelites had brought for doing the work in the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him freewill offerings every morning so that all the artisans who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task being performed, and said to Moses, The people are bringing much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. You know, eventually Moses has to command the people in the next couple of verses. He's like, stop bringing the offerings. We have too much. May every organization that is doing good in a community this year have that kind of problem. To say, we have enough. Stop being generous. But Moses was very specific. He said, as he's giving this command or sharing this command, it says, let ever who is of a generous heart, willing to give not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of willingness. Or as Paul would put it later on in the New Testament, whomever would be a cheerful giver, 
He uses that phrase, cheerful giver. But you know what? God doesn't limit giving hearts to just those with money. I had a friend who was asking me this week. He's like, what about those who are truly thankful, but money is legitimately tight? How do they give things? How do they give back as a way of being thankful? Well, God lays it out in Exodus 36, 2. Again, where he says, Moses then called Bezalel and Oholiah and every skillful one to whom the God has given skill. Everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. So sometimes God blesses people with riches, yes. But sometimes God blesses people with certain skills or certain talents. And they're not mutually exclusive. But how can we use those skills to give back? The point is, let's not limit the idea of give to just dropping dollars um, into an organization or into a, a plate or a bucket or something like that. So here's the fact. Thankful hearts lead to giving hearts. Thankful hearts lead to giving hearts. And again, let's not limit it just to dollars. I know, you know you're probably seeing this as the idea of a, a message and a church and a religious organization and all that. And, and the second I say the word give, millions of ideas that negative ideas can pop into your heads. But broaden that idea of what giving means. Yes, sometimes it's financial, but sometimes it's with your time. Sometimes it's with those unique skills that you have. If you're thankful for something in your life, it follows that we want to use it for something beyond ourselves, to really make use out of it. John Piper says that we are blessed to be a blessing. It's a, an, an idea or a quote that goes in so many different directions or applies in so many different ways. Maybe that means treasure, yes. And I certainly give thanks for those who have supported our ministry here over the last you know, 100 years and change, but especially in the light of how life has changed this year. You guys who have been keeping up with offerings, even when you are you know, staying at home and stuff like that, you have been able to help spread the message of hope to our community and beyond. And you're the reason that we can continue trying to make a difference in people's lives. So hear me say thank you to you. But here's a fact. Even after Moses' builders had enough, people still kept wanting to give. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something good that even if we don't get a, a, a thank you card back or a thank you or acknowledgement in that sense, there's something that we experience by giving thanks, by giving back. You know, research has shown that giving really of any kind does us good. And yes, this is coming out of a, um, from a secular point of view. So even if you're not digging the whole, uh, this comes from the Bible and, and giving to a church kind of thing, there's still good that comes out of giving to other people. That it does us good. That can make you feel joy. Something that we have certainly needed in this season of being shut down or, or isolated. One study out of Berkeley says that volunteering, which is one form of giving, you know, sharing your time or your talent, volunteering among elderly would actually correlate to increased lifespan, that those who volunteered would often live longer than those who didn't. And it's not a stretch to say that that counts for non-elderly people as well. You know, it, it helps to, or giving to other people helps to decrease stress and decrease blood pressure and can, commute, can promote the idea of social connection. 
again, something we could really, really use in this time of social disconnection, it reminds us that community is bigger than just our six-foot bubble. Even an even cooler way that this can play out is when you see, when you give, even just in a little way, and it creates this chain reaction of generosity. Maybe you've heard of that whole pay it back idea uh, that often plays out, uh, especially in drive throughs where you maybe pay for the, the food or the drink of the person in the car behind you. And, you know, it's kind of been a thing these last couple of years. Well, I read a story out of a donut place in Massachusetts. I think it was called Heavenly Donuts. And a lady had been blessed in this way. Somebody picked up her tab and she had been going through a hard time and everything like that. And, and it really meant to her. It's amazing how much covering a cup of coffee can mean to somebody. So the next day she goes through the, through the drive-thru and she, who was a lady who was going through some financial hard times herself, pays for the person who's behind her. And that person repeats the process and repeats it and repeats it. And they went through like 50 plus customers over two hours of this going on. That they're just, hey, I'll pay for the person behind me. I'll pay for the person behind me. It just keeps going. And the cool thing is, I guarantee the effect of that did not just, did not end when the person pulled out of, out of the line. That they went through, and at least their day was thinking, man, that was cool. I got to, to help somebody else, or, or somebody helped me out, and I, and I got to pay it forward. There's something that puts a smile on, on a person's face in thinking about doing that. So where's one area where you can give thanks by giving back this week? Maybe it means you're buying coffee for the person behind you, or if you're stopping in the, the coffee shop, you are taking a friend out for coffee, or you're you know, anonymously leaving a gift card uh, on the table or something like that. Maybe you're helping to rake up those last bits of leaves on your neighbor's lawn. Something that, you know, a volunteer may, method that often is played out in this season. Well, you know what? It counts just as much for all those benefits that I was saying and all those ways of giving thanks by giving back plays out even though people have been doing it for years. Maybe it's giving to a cause that's making a difference in the community. Whatever it is. My prayer is that you would remember to be thankful or you would remember things to be thankful for in the season because it is a time to remember blessings rather than lacks. Let me say it again. It's a time to remember blessings rather than the lacks that we have. To remember what we have instead of what we have not. And that thanks and that joy, my prayer is that it would be multiplied in you by giving back and paying it forward. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the many blessings you have given to us. Especially, and if nothing else, just for the gift of your son Jesus. Of being willing to leave heaven to come walk earth among with us. Help us to forever be thankful. Help us to always have gratitude on our minds that we are paying it forward, even in little ways. Sharing that joy, sharing that hope that you give to us. So each person who hears us, may you bless them with that reminder and the joy of giving back. Amen.